another episode of the Sports Web Podcast right here on Heat 100 Radio. You can get over to at SportsWeb underscore D on Instagram, or you can see the group, which we are in live right now, Sports Rap Podcast on Facebook. You can get the link to tune in. If not, just sit right there on Facebook, and we'll be live, or we are live, so you can tune in. And like we always do here, you know, when you leave your comments like we did last week, we had a uh, a great number of comments um, on the topics that we discussed, so I appreciate appreciate everybody that tuned in last week, that chimed in with us. And I always appreciate all of my listeners. So I appreciate everybody, the listeners, the followers, um, especially the listeners and the ones that add their input. And also the ones who just give me the input on social media. Um, everything is very, very appreciate, appreciated. And like I like to say, without you, there is no us. So let's keep this thing rolling. So we are now going to start with our news and updates. Then, as usual, we'll get into some scores, and we're going to get into the meat of the show. So let's get it cracking. The former gymnastics coach of the USA is died, has died by suicide following his charges. As you remember, uh, I announced last week he was facing 24 charges in that suit, um, in that sexual misconduct suit from his four former um, team members. And guess he couldn't handle the heat, so he got himself out the kitchen in one way or another, if you will. Committed suicide, uh, which leads me to believe that there was some guilt there um, and he knew that things would not go his way and he was going to be doing some serious time for those 24 charges. So it is what it is. Unfortunately, he went out that way and, you know, hopefully they can still get some type of resolution for uh, those team members. Um, this really puts a damper on their suit because he committed suicide and he's not here to go through the trial or uh, face those charges. So hopefully they can get something worked out with the USA and the federal um, judge, the federal or the judicial system. WNBA's Atlanta Dream has been sold to an investor group. Uh, KD remains on the injured list through the All-Star break. We're going to talk a little bit about that when we get to um, our NBA segment. We talk about the NBA All-Star game and how the teams were picked. And we're going to talk a little bit about the selections as well. Um, an ex-Washington football team employee asked the NFL to release the findings of the sexual misconduct investigation. Um, I, I really think that would be good because as always as an organization in that part of the world the big one of the big conglomerates that the nfl is they're only going to give you uh what they want to give you they're only going to let you know what they want you to know they're going to leave some things out and usually some of the things that are left out are a lot of the important stuff that really needs to be mentioned or really needs to be heard by the people Nick Nurse is among six Raptors coaches to enter the NBA health and safety protocol. The pandemic changes uh, NBA draft rules for seniors. Russell Westbrook is going to launch a high school, middle school in L.A., along with producing a film on the Tulsa race massacre. So, again, you might hear me talk about Westbrook um, and how I don't feel that he will win a championship because of his ego on the basketball court 
but I have to give respect where respect is due. And right now, this is a lot of respect that he's earning uh, doing this. Um, of course, there are other people and players who have started high schools and things of that nature. But he is actually uh, producing this film on the Tulsa Race Massacre. So it's black history. He's giving back to uh, his culture and his people. Russell Wilson is frustrated with the Seattle Seahawks. The Congress NIL bill has been passed, and it will allow athletes to enter the draft and return to college. If we have enough time, we're going to get to talk a little bit about that um, throughout the show. Kyrie Irving is very adamant and is willing to push the NBA to change the logo to Kobe Bryant. Uh, Kobe Bryant's widow, Vanessa Bryant, is also on board. We're definitely going to talk about that. So getting to it. Since today is March the 1st, the first day of Women's History Month, I have some things for you. Candace Parker and her daughter have become owners of a pro soccer team, which I think is great. Uh, like I said, when I just opened up, I mentioned there would be some athletes that are on just the athlete athletic side or on the business side and some that are both. Candace Parker uh, fits into that category of being on both, her and her daughter. So... This is a great move uh, by Candace Parker, not only giving herself some longevity and branching out into the business side of sports and actually in a different sport, but it's also going to be great for her daughter, who, <coughs> excuse me, will have a stake in this pro soccer team. And if you don't know, soccer has been a growing sport around the world and around and in this country for a few years now um so it's great to see that we have some african-american ownership in that um in that realm sheila johnson is an owner and partner of the washington capitals if you don't know who that is that's an nhl hockey team the washington capitals right. so it's great to see that they have an african-american owner and partner of that team in that realm as well because there's not many of us represented in the National Hockey League. So there could be a start for some of these young women and for African-Americans in general. Mm -hmm. Also, I have to salute one of my favorite sport broadcasters, formerly of ESPN, who is now a staff writer with The Atlantic, Jamel Hill. Uh, I had to add her in today mm -hmm. on the first day because I, I missed I miss her on ESPN. Uh, I also like the fact or respect the fact that she was for her people. Right. A Detroit native didn't hold her tongue uh, when it came to so, talking about Trump or social issues. She definitely had our back. So I salute and respect her for that. And again, one of my favorite journalists in the sports realm, and she is a female African-American. Yes, Moving into our scores for Sunday, I'm going to give you some NBA scores, some NHL scores, some NBA basketball, and a little bit more. So, we're going to start with the NBA um, yesterday. The Clippers fall to the Bucks, 105-100. to The Bulls and Raptors game was postponed, probably due to the health and safety protocol that I just mentioned within the coaching, coaching staff of the Raptors. The Wizards fall to the Celtics by 1.110-111. The Knicks outlast the Pistons 109-90. The Hawks uh, fall to the Heat 109-99. Mm -hmm. The Grizzlies put something on the Rockets 133-84. to mm -hmm. 
The Warriors fall to the Lakers, 117-91. The Suns defeat the T-Wolves, 118-99. And the Hornets edge out the Kings, 127-126. I have NBA, NHL, and NBA basketball schedules for today, and I will give you those before we close out the show a little bit later. Moving on to the NHL. The Bruins uh, get blanked by the Rangers, 2-zip. The Flyers blank the Sabres, 3-zip. The Blue Jackets fall to the Predators, 3-1. The Capitals edge out the Devils, 3-2. The Penguins get blanked, 2-1 by the Islanders. And the Blackhawks beat up on the Red Wings, 7-2. In NCAA basketball yesterday... Villanova, number eight ranked, uh, falls to Butler, 73-61. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh falls to NC State, 65-62. Wow. Number nine, Iowa defeats or upsets number four, Ohio State, 73-57. Mm-hmm. And USF falls to University of South Florida, sure. falls to Houston, number 12, Houston, 98-52. For all of our baseball fans, mm-hmm. yesterday... We had some spring training baseball. Didn't look very good. The Phillies fall to the Tigers 10-2. to okay. There's also a national or a local broadcast of another train, spring training game with the Phillies today at 1 p.m. So, with that being said, mm-hmm. we're going to move on. And like I mentioned to you, we're going to go with the NFL first because the stuff that I have on the NBA is going to be a bit lengthy. So one of the things I wanted to talk about uh, with the NFL, and this is really centered on Philadelphia Eagles and, again, the whole situation with the Carson Wentz uh, trade and the Carson Wentz issues. Mm -hmm. When I mentioned this, I spoke about it before, and I told you that I felt like all parties had a role to play in that entire situation. More so the Eagles, but also Carson Wentz. Uh, for him not being vocal, not saying anything throughout the entire uh, issue. When it first came out that he asked for a trade, he never clearly denied it or confirmed it. So I think that was a part that he played in it. Also, just that one thing in general, him not being vocal at all in that entire situation. Right. It, it leads you to have your mind go uh, many different ways in your thought process uh, about that whole situation. I, I do agree that the trade that they did make, it's a lot going on there. They're gonna, The Eagles are going to um, take on that $34 million cap That's hit. Yeah. But the only small silver lining in that cloud is the fact that once this is over, this coming up upcoming season, then it's just done. Right. Uh, but if they had done their due diligence, they could have gotten more. Uh, but also, I really don't think they would have gotten much more. And it goes on the fact of what Carson Wentz's performance level was the past season. I understand he was a number two pick. The Eagles paid him like their quarterback of the franchise. Right. Then things went south in a bad way. It wasn't all his fault. It wasn't all his fault, but he did have a part to yeah, play into it. Yes, he did. Um, we know what happened with the team and with the coaching situation and all of that. But as an Eagles fan and as a, a broadcaster, right. 
keeping it 100 like we do here on Heat 100 Radio, there was not going to be much value for him considering, uh, excuse me, the way that he performed this past season. Um, I also think one of the mistakes in the entire situation, excuse me, Mm -hmm. was the fact or the point in time when he got benched. Uh, He got benched uh, going into the last four games of the season, which because of how poor the division was, wasn't a really good look because like we mentioned last week, the Eagles were still in playoff contention until week 16 of the season. Mm -hmm. So in my opinion, like I mentioned way back when, Mm. I felt like it should have happened earlier because we saw how the season was going. We saw how he was playing from the very start. And what was the red flag to me or the the signal for me that it wasn't going to be good was the tie game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Even with the situation the Eagles were in, they showed you some promise in that game in Washington, the first game, although they lost that game. But they could have or should have realistically beat Cincinnati, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially with that defensive line. Their Cincinnati's offensive line wasn't one of the greatest, and they were playing against a rookie quarterback, which usually bodes well for the Eagles' defensive line. But it didn't turn out that way. They ended up tying that game. So for me, that was a red flag in the situation and how it looked like the season was going to go. In my opinion, I felt like Carson Wentz should have been benched maybe somewhere around week five, week six. On the premise being, listen, things aren't going right right now. We don't understand what's going on. We don't know what's going on. We're going to sit you for a game or two or a week or two. Right. Um, let you look, go from the out, have a have, have a look from the outside looking in to see what's going on. And then you bring them back also with the premise that we're going to bring you back within a week or two. But if it's not any changes, mm-hmm. then we're going to go with the young quarterback and Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. And it would have been better suited for the all the way across the board if it had happened that way because then you would have known either we're going to work with Carson Wentz the rest of the season and get this thing right or we're going to just start to change over and go with, just for this season, go with Jalen Hurts and you could have been more focused on how your game planning was. Your game planning could have been better, uh, right. better and more productive if there was a definite uh, way or definite person that you had your idea of going with as the quarterback. But nonetheless, it didn't go that way. So we'll see. Uh, Like I said, it it doesn't bode well for the Eagles right now. And again, there's a lot that goes into that trade where the Eagles could get like two number one picks. But like I I said last week, Carson Wentz has to play at least 75% of the games. Then he has to play uh, 70% of the total season. And, you know, you can get end up with two number one picks, and then the Colts have to make the playoffs. I mean, yeah, the Colts have to make the playoffs. So it's a lot going on there. And people might say it's easy, but it's not, because now you have a new quarterback going into a new team, going into a – somewhat familiar system but 
he's the new guy and he's has to come together and get with his teammates and make that thing work. Mm-hmm. It's not that easy um, on the football field as opposed to other sports. So we'll definitely see uh, what happens with that situation. And like I always say, I will definitely keep my ears to the street and let you know whatever I find out, when I find out, and spread that out to you. Uh, now, one quick thing that I just wanted to mention, just make mention a little bit with from uh, this particular situation. I saw this article and I thought it would be good just to give you some points and just talk a little bit about the points. I'm not going to go into very much detail about the points, but I want to give you the points and where a lot of the thought process is around the media and around and surrounding the team. Um, number one, uh, and he think this particular writer of this article, Brandon Lee Gowton, says he thinks it's unfortunate um, this point was reached. Um, really doesn't mean much there with that one. Um, he's just basically going through what I just said, how the Eagles signed him as a franchise quarterback. Um, you go through all the things with his play that really declined uh, since 2017, 2018, when they went to the Super Bowl, which was arguably his best season of his career. Mm-hmm. He, If he had finished that season, uh, barring that injury against the Rams, I think there would have been no no brain a no brainer that he would have been the MVP of the NFL for that season. He was playing like it. Then after that, things just started to get go backwards, go downwards. Uh there was a lot of stuff going on. And a lot of the things that like I mentioned um throughout the season, a lot of mistakes that he made this past season were mistakes that should not be made. Uh, from a fifth-year franchise or fifth-year alleged franchise quarterback. But that's neither here nor there. Um, The trade is made, and we will move on. Mm -hmm. Um, He says he thinks Carson Wentz leaves a complicated legacy behind. You could very much argue that with the legacy, but again, what I think might tarnish or have a blemish on the legacy is the entire way that this situation played out where he was not vocal in this entire situation as a man as a professional athlete i think that you have to say something uh way too quiet you can't go into a situation like that where it gets out that you ask for a trade or you want to be traded Mm -hmm. and then you say nothing right so, like I said, it, it leads it leads um, the fans and the media to go several ways with that entire situation. Right. Um, you don't know what his reasoning was, is what I'm really getting at. It would have been nice to have known what his reasoning was for allegedly asking for a trade. And that we'll never know because he's no longer in the city. Um, also, being in this city... You have to have that toughness uh, to be able to speak your mind and say what's on your mind to the fans and the media of uh, Philadelphia, which is a major market, a well-respected market, and the fan base, a very knowledgeable fan base, 
uh, of their teams and of sports in general. Right. Um, he thinks the Eagles share the blame for Wentz, for the Wentz breakup. Absolutely, it was like I said, there was enough blame to go around yeah. in this entire situation. With the um, not even so much, not even the personnel moves. I mean, we know it's professional sports, so there's going to be injuries. There's going to be things that are going to take place where you have to have people to fill in. But this is why these particular players made the 53 man roster. Right. It's up to the coaching staff to keep these guys ready Mm. if and when their number gets called, because you never know. Football is such a violent sport. Right that you never know when your number's going to be called. But as a professional athlete and as a professional coach, you need to prepare your players, and your players need to be prepared for whenever their number is called. Mm-hmm. Um, he also thinks the Eagles won't regret this trade. I kind of am unsure about that. No, no, no. Like I said, um, it's, up in the air. It's, it's a, it's a crapshoot, yeah. if you will. I think so. Because we really don't know how he's going to perform yeah. in Indy. We are uncertain of who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. We don't know if they're going to take a quarterback, which is a lot of chatter around them with that number six pick. Mm-hmm. They may even take another quarterback later on in the draft. So there's a lot of unknowns mm-hmm. around this situation. Number five, the Eagles still have plenty of problems remaining. No doubt. And that starts, in my opinion, with one Howie Roseman, the general manager. He said the Eagles still have problems left. Uh, I think that is one of the biggest problems left as far as with the organization right now. Um, As I mentioned the last couple weeks, Howie Roseman, I feel like, is good with the numbers, saving the money or how he spends the money. But as far as being in the draft room and making selections, mm-hmm. that's going to be the very that's going to be the huge question moving forward right. in how they attack the draft, which is a little over a month away. Mm-hmm. April. And you never know what's going to take place with Howie and how he makes his selections. So mm-hmm. it is going to be tough. I think that's one of the biggest problems. Also, as far as personnel and players on the field. There are a lot of holes that need to be filled, that need to be patched up. Hopefully, with the new coaching staff, they can address some of those issues. But again, a new coaching staff in an NFL, um, a coach coming from a different conference, a different division, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a bumpy road. So, Eagles fans, just prepare for a bumpy road, a bumpy season. And again, you still have to take into consideration the situation with the entire NFC East. Um, It's weak. You have two teams that are looking like they're making progress, the Washington football team and the New York Giants. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of questions around the Dallas Cowboys involving their quarterback situation and a plethora of questions around the Eagles. Um, I heard the other day, um, listening to some other uh, media members, and someone said that, speaking of Howie, he has been very good with bringing the team or giving the team a shot in the arm after finishing last in the division. I don't know how much that really means, 
but we'll see. And again, like we said, the division is just bad. It's just a poor division, and it's going to be up for grabs again next season. Um, he says he thinks there's some nuance to rooting against the Colts this year. Of course, that's going to be a case. You're going to have those fans who are going to go on the premise or the base that Carson Wentz allegedly asked for the trade. So in their eyes, in some of the fans' eyes, he abandoned the team and his teammates. Right. Some of his teammates, I think, felt the same way. And, of course, they're going to root against the Colts because it's just the nature of the Eagles fan base where if you didn't want to tough it out here, then we're not going to want to see you succeed anywhere else. And we're going to go against you, uh, if you will. Um, he thinks Jalen Hurst deserves a real chance to start in 2021. I, I agree with this point. And one of the reasons I agree with this point is I thought before, or I was thinking on the basis of that $34 million cap hit and bringing in new staff, that the Eagles would hold on to Carson Wentz for one more season mm -hmm. um, with the new coach and new system, have an open competition and training camp, right. and let one of these two guys just flat out win the job. Yeah, that'd be fair. Apparently, I, th I felt like that would have been the best way to kind of get a, a grasp on this, the entire situation. But as we have seen, there's been a trade, so that we will not see how that works. We'll never see what happens there. And finally, number eight, he thinks the key to the Eagles' approach to taking a quarterback, he thinks there's a key to the Eagles' take approach to taking a quarterback in the 2021 draft. So with that part being said, you look at Jalen Hurts, uh, and we'll play devil's advocate here and go hypothetically and say Jalen Hurts is the front runner for the starting position. You only have Nate Sudfeld, who barely played. Um, he showed you in that last game when Doug Peterson took out uh, Jalen Hurts what he did and how he performed. Wasn't ready. So, you know, it, it's going to be tough. And I'm thinking that somewhere in this draft, I'm just hoping that it's not with the very first pick, number six, that they are going to have to bring in a quarterback, whether it be somewhere in this draft or someone off of free agency. Yeah, I'm going to say that. They're, they're going to have to bring in another quarterback. Get a, because a just having J Jalen Hurts, um, Nate Sudfeld, and let's just say they pick a rookie. It's not going to be enough. It's not going to be enough. You, at this point, you need a, pro. You need a veteran yeah, somewhere mm -hmm. on that roster, whether he's the number one or the number two, yeah. someone that can help Jalen Jalen Hurts along the way. Yes, Again, right. he's going to be learning a new system. Mm -hmm. uh, he's going to be potentially the starter, wow. but you need a veteran on that staff as part of a quarterback to help him along and progress with that. Right. So with that being said, again, it's going to be funny to see how the season plays out for the Eagles. Like I said, there are a lot of holes that need to be filled. And, I mean, the biggest story is just the issue with the Carson Wentz trade right. and all of that. It just, like, trumped everything else right. but just don't don't lose sight of the fact that there are plenty of holes 
right. along that team on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Deshaun Jackson was released, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that because of the injury. He's on the down downward trek in his they career. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey will likely be gone. Right. So then your receiving core is <sighs> what it is. Right. No. So I, it's a lot of chatter about them taking Jamar Chase with the number six, which I think should be the move because I think he's a player that can come in and produce right away. Um, like I said, when they took Jalen Rager in this past draft, they left Justin Jefferson on the table, and you saw what Justin Jefferson did, set all kinds of rookie records this season. So the receiving core, you need help on the back end of that defense. You definitely need to grow a little bit more respect for the linebacker position, and you need some help on that offensive line. Very much, you need a lot of help on that offensive line. So we'll see what happens. You know, like I said, the draft is a little over a month away, and we're all, I'm sure we all are anxious to see what happens and how, what direction the Eagles go in in that situation. So moving on, talk a little bit about Russell Westbrook. Not Russell Westbrook, I'm sorry. Russell Wilson mm-hmm. and his situation and the drama that's growing there with the Seattle Seahawks. There could possibly come a trade uh, somewhere soon or getting close closer to the draft or sometimes in the offseason. I think it is. Is it rumors? I think it's a little bit more to the rumors. If you look at... Mm-hmm. The situation of Seattle right now. And you just take that trek from when they went to two Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. You look at first how they lost the second Super Bowl. And then you look at the play of Russell Wilson from that point up until now. Where a lot of the time he basically put that team on his back. Running for his life. No line. Defense not good. like They didn't address. Offensive line some of the things that they needed to address to help him along. Yet he still find a way to be successful. So for him to want some help from the front office, it's not an issue to me. But Mm -hmm. again, a lot of times in certain situations, Mm -hmm. you have owners who say, you're the player, I'm the owner. I'll do what I see need, what I need, what Mm -hmm. I see is fit to progress with the organization. But I think the ownership and the management need to listen to some of their players, especially players in the caliber of Russell Wilson and what he did for that organization. You kind of have to listen to him because he's the one that's out there playing. You as a manager, you as an owner, you're cutting the checks, you're filling holes where you think are fit. But it may not be what is going on. It may not be equal to the performance level of the players that you already have when you mix some of these people in. Mm -hmm. So that drama, I think, is going to go on for a little bit. (laughs) I'm not 100% sure um, if there's going to be a trade, but if I had to make a a stake in it, I would go maybe 40, 30, 40% if there will be a trade. Yeah, I'm like 25, 30%. because if not, then it's going to be a mess. Like you saw, there's a there was a there's a huge decline in that defense. 
You know, oh, yeah. at, at one yeah. at one point they were called the Legion of Boom. One of the toughest, scariest defenses to play against yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, that do, is pretty much long gone. Right. So that put a lot of pressure on the offense and Russell, and Russell Wilson to have to score points mm-hmm. in order to win games because their defense couldn't hold people off. Yeah. So, again, the respect factor uh, between management and some star players I think needs to grow a lot. Right. Um, there just needs to be better communication. Each side needs to listen to each other and maybe a little bit more of the management side listening to right. the actual star players or the players who actually perform week to week um, on that schedule. That's so that's how I feel about that. Again, another story that we will definitely pay attention to. Excuse me, Zach. Um, one of my good friends, Michelle Kodusky, she want to know if we're going to talk about Lakers today. <laughs> you not, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to talk about with the Lakers? Well, NBA Lakers. Um, we're going to get into the NBA, and on. we'll yeah. we'll get back to that. Mm-hmm. Tell her, chime back in, and let her know what she wants us to discuss Michelle, with um, the Lakers situation. Yeah. Okay. Because right. She's a I don't Lakers feel <laughs> that they'll win right. again without Anthony Davis. Same here. And I honestly don't think that they're going to repeat. Anyway, because like we know, it's tough to repeat, period, in any sport in general, professional sport. It's tough to repeat. I think they're going to go to Western Conference. So, we'll see uh, what happens. Um, The West is always tough, but the East is beginning to get get a little tougher, and we'll definitely get into that. Um, Last thing in the NFL is... Some issues with the players' union. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of talk about D. Maurice Smith and how he has performed. And mm-hmm. this players' union, in a lot of ways, is not doing right by their constituents. Um, people are saying that maybe... Um, D. Maurice Smith should be replaced. I don't really know how I feel about that um, totally because we all know the NFL is stands for not for long. And a lot of things that go on within the NFL and within the Players Association are not benefiting the way that they should for the players. So, arguably, I could sit here and say, yeah, there definitely needs to be a change. But again, as a media member, um, as a fan, and from the outside looking in, there will definitely be things that we won't know about. Mm -hmm. Uh, There will be things presented to us that the organization or the conglomerate wants us to, to deal with and take our own stake at like we said in order for them to continue to control the narrative right so they're going to want to be in control of what happens and what goes on hence the reason i say the players association is not really working to the full extent of the players right and maybe there does need to be a change i'm you know just speculating 
here with that situation. But all in all, it, it, it brings me back to uh, what Draymond Green, Draymond Green's comments somewhat in regards to the NBA and the respect needed or the respect that is warranted now for the players mm-hmm. where it's a players association, it's a union. So it's supposed to be for the players, but there always seems to be some kind of compromise in favor of management, which I think is hurting the players. It's hurting your constituents of the players association or the players union, because the compromise should be, if there is a compromise, I just feel like the compromise should be more swayed to the side of the players and not management. Mm-hmm. Um, because management is going to get their money in more ways than one. Okay, They're going to get concessions and TV time and all of that kind of stuff. So they're going to get their money. And with players, they have to negotiate their contract. They have to negotiate their deals with their agents. And when things come up, it's like the small guy fighting the giant. And I mean the players and their agents against the NFL. And then the union is supposed to be there to help. But it always seems like, again, there's some type of compromise that comes about that where it's swayed more on the management side because they're the bigger conglomerate. But it has to be a change, I think. And I'm not necessarily saying with um, the players union president, there has to be a change, I feel, in negotiations and talks involving the players and the management where if we're going to come to an agreement, I think it has to be equally uh, beneficial to both sides to make it work a lot better than it has been working. So with that being said, we're going to take the first break. When we come back, Mm -hmm. we're going to pick up the NBA talk. We're going to talk some Sixers. Uh, We're going to talk about the Sixers, two All-Stars. We're going to talk a little bit about the All-Star snub, in my opinion. We're going to talk some trade rumors. We're going to look a little bit at the second half of the Sixers' schedule. And we're going to talk some other NBA action. You are tuned in to Sports Rap Heat 100 Radio. It's your boy D. It's your boy Frank. We'll see you on the other side in just a few seconds. Your second half of the Sports Rap Podcast uh-huh. right here on Heat 100 Radio. Like I mentioned in the opening, if you don't know where to find us, we are Facebook Live in the group, Sports Rap Podcast. You can also go into the bio on that group and get the link where you can tune in. Mm-hmm. We are also on the TuneIn app. If you have the TuneIn app, you can just search Heat 100 Radio. Mm-hmm. And also, tune in when you go on the link in the bio, make sure you sign up because that will give you information and keep you up to date on what's going on with everything related to Heat 100 Radio, all of the shows that are here, all, all the right. personalities that are here, and everything Heat 100 Radio. Mm-hmm. So we're going to move in right now and talk some NBA stuff. And like I said, I switched this to the second half. Because I think this is going to be a pretty lengthy discussion with the couple of topics that we have um, for our NBA segment. And I want to start off with talking about 
the actual All-Star Game selections. Uh, due to the pandemic, there was initial talk that there would not be an All-Star Game, but now they've come up with something, and there is going to be an All-Star Game. So the issue I have is the fact that they're squeezing so much in on one day. They're going to have the skills competition and three-point contest prior to the All-Star game, and the dunk contest is going to be at halftime. I personally feel like a couple of those things could have been, like the skills competition really could have been taken out. Um, You could have had the dunk contest prior to the game or following the game, or maybe even the halftime. So that means it's going to be an extended halftime more so than it usually is with performances and all of that stuff. So it's going to be a slightly extended halftime in that game. But to fit all of that in on one day is a bit much. It's a bit bit of a stretch, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But we'll see how it plays out. So we have all-star teams or all-star players' pools are selected. Um, We'll start with the starters. Um, The top two vote getters, again, will be captains uh, LeBron James and Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant is hurt, and as I mentioned earlier, he will, he will be out through the All-Star break. So one big question becomes, who becomes the captain of the All-Star team for the East? Uh, my guess is that it will probably be... Kawhi? No, it'll probably be... Um, Giannis, I think Giannis was number two in the voting. So he'll probably be um, the replacement captain. But the starters, like I mentioned, were LeBron James, Kevin Durant were initially um, voted in, and and they were the captains. There's Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal, Giannis, Joel Embiid, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Kawhi Leonard, and Nikola Jokic. Um, For the starters... I think those are pretty good. Uh, I, I do have some question marks about Luka. Um, not saying that he's not a good player, not saying he's not having a good season. I do have some questions, though, where uh, Frank just mentioned while we were on break. You could arguably put Dame in that starting spot and move Luka to a reserve. So, you know. Like I said, in the all-star voting, if you don't know, the starters are usually voted in by the fans. Mm -hmm. And then there's players and other personnel that make up the uh, reserves. Mm -hmm. So moving into the East reserves. Matter of fact, we're going to go to the West reserves first because I got some things I want to talk about with the East. I have a couple things with the West reserves, maybe one, but some other stuff um, with the East. So in the West, the reserves are Anthony Davis, who's also injured and is going to be replaced. Uh, he's being replaced in the All-Star game by Devin Booker, which I think should not have happened. I think Devin Booker should have been in, um, period. He shouldn't, it shouldn't have come to uh, someone being injured, him being a replacement. I think he should have been in, possibly borderline starter. But again... With the reserves, they somewhat look at how your team's overall performance is. And theirs is not that great. They're still up and coming, but not that great. Uh, But they now have two players in it. 
Then there's Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Dame Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, Zion Williamson, and like we mentioned, Devin Booker, um, head coached by the leader of the West, Quinn Snyder, and the Utah Jazz coaching staff. So again, with that, this is just the pool from the West. And you know the two captains will pick from the remaining players. That includes the starters and then the reserves. So again, I don't think it was really truly fair to Devin Booker to be added in um, as a replacement due to injury. Mm. I feel like he should have been in regardless of uh, what went on. And because of the way he's playing, um, definitely a a major scorer, Mm -hmm. but his his overall play is just amazing. And I just feel like he should have been in and not been a replacement uh, on that West um, list of reserves. Um, In my opinion, arguably, you could have put him in place of Paul George and have Paul George be the injury replacement because we see what's going on with the Clippers. It looks like it's the same thing that happened last year. It's just happening earlier where they had some type of breakdown or some type of lapse Mm -hmm. in their season. And like I said, this year it just looks like it's happening earlier. Mm -hmm. Um. Rudy Gobert, eh. Dame, like I said, arguably could have been put in as a starter, in my opinion. Donovan Mitchell's having a great year. Chris Paul, the KG veteran, has helped the growth and the rise of Devin Booker and that Phoenix Suns team as a veteran point guard. So I can see why he was a nod, and he's rightfully so as a reserve in that. Now, we move into the East Reserves. Right. You've got Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. Jalen Brown, right. James Harden, Zach Levine, Julius Randle, Ben Simmons, Nikola Vucevic, and added in place of Kevin Durant, Domantas Sabonis. Well, mm-hmm. here we go. Right. I personally think that Tobias Harris could have been snuck in here um, as a reserve. reserve. He's the second leading scorer on a team that's number one in their conference. He's averaging close to 20 and 10. I don't know the exact number, but there's close to 20 points, 10 rebounds. Mm -hmm. He plays both ends of the floor. Uh, she said, real quick, she said, I think Stephen Curry should have been added. Stephen Curry. Well, the difference with Steph being in the starter's role is you look at... Is that a starter or a reserve? Look at how the Warriors season started out. Started out real slow, but they've since picked it up. And that's all or mostly on the direction of Steph Curry being who he is. So in that right... Again, fan voting, I can understand why Steph is still in as a starter. 
uh, for the West Western reserve. Conference. She said reserve. So who would re- who who would you replace him with in who the starter? You, who you heard me say? Who you replace um, him with? I just think, yeah. like I said, just because of the way they turned that season around very quickly, mm-hmm. is re- the reason why he was voted in. Records as a play a part, right? starter. Okay. Who? Do records play a part? In the yeah, play? records play a yeah. part. Yeah. yeah. Only in, well, records and, and team, you know, You're team MVP, play too. in, mm-hmm. play more of a, so of a part with the reserves. Right. So, like I was saying, with the minus of bonus, again, having a good season, mm-hmm. but that team's in the middle of the pack. Right. Uh, I really think that Tobias was snubbed. Um, like I said, yeah. his play, the consistency which is one of the things that I mentioned the last two years mm-hmm. that, that I felt like we needed a lot more of from him. And I think he's been more consistent so far this season than he has since he's been in a Sixers uniform. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think big in parts to the coaching staff, where arguably when he was with the Clippers before he came to the Sixers, he was having a potential all-star season under the same coach in Doc Rivers. Right. So... Sabonis, I, I I say, yeah, he's having a good season. Mm-hmm. But again, you're looking at like the second leading scorer on a team that's number one in their conference, same conference. Also, Julius Randle. Mm-hmm. And I know some people are going to kind of not feel too great about um, my comments here. Shout out to my friend George Lynch. I mean, Dennis Lynch. Um, good friend of mine, former co-worker who was a diehard Knicks fan. Mm-hmm. And again, I say Julius Randle is having a hell of a season. Yes, mm-hmm. I totally get that. I totally admit that. But again, the Knicks are improving. Right. They're still at the bottom half of the division as far as the playoff race, mm-hmm. where they could be lumped into that playoff game and somehow, some way, experience-wise, depending on who they may possibly play in a play-in situation, could get bumped out but mm-hmm. again i just have some thoughts about him being in over to again the same reasoning that i said he's in over a player who's on the number one team in the conference who's a big part aside from the coaching staff and the changing of the culture right. who's a big part of that team moving from the fifth seed in the playoffs last year to now currently the number one seed, and with all the hype about the Brooklyn Nets being the basic front runner or the pretty much written in seed, number one seed, they're not the number one seed. They have improved. They're only a half a game back now. But, again, you have the Knicks. Like I said, they are improving. Don't get me wrong. They are improving. But they're still in the bottom part of that of that bracket. And they didn't move up much. They were somewhat close last year to making the playoffs just because of the way the East was played out. But you have a team that moved from number five to the number one seed, and they've been the number one seed for the entire season. Yeah, it hasn't been much fluctuation. Like I said, the Nets were who they were. They made the big trade. They had two of their stars that have been injured multiple times so far. Right. Two of them are out now, mm-hmm. if you will. And again, like I said, their defense is starting to get a little bit better. 
they got to play but together in the playoff time. When these guys go out, there's not much scoring left besides James Harden. And the defensive side of the ball, what happens when, again, like I say, they have to grind out 15 to 20 seconds of the 24-second clock for four, three, four, five possessions in a row right. when the game slows down in the playoffs? Right. They don't really have a dominant post presence. And I know in a lot of ways, people, when I say post presence, people are going to think, well, the big is not really a big part of the game now. But when the game slows down, you still have to have a post presence. They have players that can play in the post, KD, and I pretty much think that's it. Mm-hmm. But you, you take an example and you look at the Sixers where Joel Embiid is dominant in the post all that. season. Mm-hmm. You have Ben Simmons, who can also play in the post. In the yeah. And Tobias Harris, get in there Tobias Harris yeah, can there. take advantage of mismatches yeah, in oh, the post. Great shot so it is really difficult to say, and you know, it's really difficult to understand the voting uh, mm-hmm. in this on this reserve list. Right. Um, again, like I said, it, no disrespect to Julius Randle. Like I said, he is having a hell of a year, but that team is towards the bottom half of the playoff race. Could possibly end up being in the play-in tournament to get into the playoffs, mm-hmm. and we know at that point anything can happen. Um, I think. The Sixers will stay okay. I don't think they'll fall, if they fall at all, no further than three. But I think it won't be that far if they do fall because I I have a gut feeling that they are working on a move, but it's just putting together the right pieces to remove from this current situation and who to bring in Mm -hmm. to make this thing work a lot better. To improve, not so much a lot better, but to improve on what's going on. Like I mentioned, we need a veteran point guard. Right. Hence the game against Cleveland, where I think they just overlooked Cleveland. Right. They played poor transition defense. Yes, but down the stretch, the turnovers, where you need that veteran point guard that can slow things down and be methodical yeah. on offense because you have a dominant player in Joel Embiid mm-hmm. who they went through in the overtime and damn near won the game for him. He damn near put him back on top. But again, you have to have that veteran presence throughout the playoffs or that traditional point guard that can run that team in those types of situations. And with that, I also think that they need more scoring off the bench. Um, Furkan Korkmaz is okay, but I think he can be had. He can be moved for someone who can be more consistent of a scorer. Shake Milton, you can't move him right now because he's playing well for you. I mean, he he is finally in the role that fits him as far as an NBA player. He comes in, he can play or resemble a point guard, but he can also score the ball. So he's finally been put in the role that suits him as an NBA player, and you need that. But you need some more help. Uh, A lot of people, 
I've been looking at social media. A lot of people were talking about Seth Curry. And, and it's just the Philadelphia fan base who are immediately saying, oh, well, he's not good enough and this, that, and the third. Apparently, he was good enough to make the progress that he made. And the thing is, you have to remember, people, sometimes these guys are going to have bad nights. Uh, He's still lingering off of COVID issues. But there are going to be nights when guys are going to have bad games. Uh, For all intent purposes, Mm -hmm. the other night, Joel Embiid had a 20-point game, which looked like a bad game for him. He was in somewhat of a shooting slump. I mean, he came out of it against Cleveland because Cleveland really didn't have anybody that could hold him in the paint, which is a good thing to get him back on track. But you have to take into consideration that these guys are playing every other night at a high level, an extremely high level. And there are going to be nights when these guys are just not having a good night. Yeah. So to go as far and say that Seth Curry is not that good and not you what we thought he was, I really wish that a lot of people would basketball. try to understand basketball for what it's worth right. as opposed to just being a fan and looking at what they see. Right. Like Baldy always says, a lot of times – you may need to start watching these games without the commentary, with on silent. But True. you have to have some type of understanding of basketball. Right. And you have to understand that there are going to be nights when these guys are not going to be so much having so, so great of a shooting night. Right. Uh, perfect example, we go back to Sixers versus Chicago. Right. Joel Embiid sets his career, career high 50 points. Mm-hmm. Zach Levine had 30. But I mentioned last week the efficiency in that. I think Joel Embiid shot 27 shots. He made 19. I think he missed about nine shots. Zach Levine played in that game as well. Ended up with 30 points. But he was 9 of 28 from the floor. Nobody said anything about that, which is not a good shooting night. 9 of 28 is not good at all. It's a bad percentage. He made the all-star team. But I see why in that situation because he's pretty much carrying the Bulls. Now we move into Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And this is where my argument or my debate becomes again with Tobias Harris. Jalen Brown has been playing well. Jason Tatum... Very good. Very good. But Jason Tatum has missed some games so far this season. Tobias Harris only missed that one game so far against Cleveland. He went out early when he got hurt. But he missed that one game against Cleveland. So you have two players from, at the time when this voting came out, a sub-500 team. A lot of rumors, a lot of turmoil and talk around Boston. But do you think... Jason Tatum should have been voted in no. over Tobias Harris. No. That that's the issue I have. And uh, you know, uh I don't hate people will say things about Ben Simmons, but Ben Simmons is an all star because he plays both ends of the it's floor. Close, it's close, but I think Tobias got him. I think Tobias 
should have been voted in. Even if you put those two in. I mean, I could argue Zach Levine and Julius Randle, like I said, and Deponis Sabonis. You can argue that till wit's end. Yeah, you can't put both of them. Boston is in some turmoil. There's rumors about their coach being on the hot seat and and other stuff. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, I think what may possibly happen with them is there, there may be a trade, if not. By the trade deadline, there may something may happen during the off season so. where they may need to move on from some players. Uh, one of those players could arguably be Kemba Walker. What? He's not having Kemba Walker's well, not having. He's not staying healthy. He's not having the season that he had the first, the first got there. Yeah. Um, that contract, though, Dave. You look at the players that were removed for him to get there. Terry Rozier, who was a starter in Charlotte before he got injured. And then you had Gordon Hayward go there, who's now averaging 20 points a game now. I thought they were going to move him. So that's arguably 35, almost 40 points that they're missing Mm -hmm. with those two. And it's... it, it, it's come to the point for Boston where it might be that situation where they, gotta mix it up. they have to make some changes and mix it up a little bit um, and do that. Wow, so, you know, we'll never know. In a small way, mm-hmm. in a small way, right. it kind of reminds me, it takes me back to the Isaiah Thomas situation. Where I mentioned to people um, late in that season before he got moved, right. I said to people, a couple of people I know that were Boston fans, a couple of people I know that just just were basketball fans, right. I mentioned that I felt like the Iron Man not was going to be Isaiah Thompson, they were going to move him, mm-hmm. and then ultimately they did. Um, he's played for Team USA as well for M and Iso Joe, who were making their debuts or making their auditions for a return to the NBA. Um, I, for one, think or feel like the Sixers could look at him as far as bringing in um, some more scoring off the bench who would come for cheap and who could arguably be had without making any trades or any major trades. So we'll see. Um, As far as Sixers now and the trade rumors, there's – been more recent talk, the most recent talk has been surrounded around Kyle Lowry. And if you don't know, the situation in a nutshell Toronto. is this. Toronto um, knows that he'll be a free agent at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. They are putting out that they kind of want to reward. He feels that he can play another year or two after this year well, at are- a decent level. Okay, So... They're putting out that they feel that he should be rewarded. They want to reward him and put him in a situation where he can still compete and have an opportunity to win. Right. Which basically says to me that they see the same thing within that team where they paid Fred Van Vliet, and I think they slightly overpaid him. They are possibly beginning to realize 
that now that Siakam Siakam is there, mm -hmm. he's not the alleged guy. Right. We saw that last season. Right. He's not the guy. Mm -hmm. And they may need to go or begin to go in a different direction. So there's a lot of rumors in saying that the Sixers could be in on Kyle Lowry, who has a relationship with Daryl Morey, right. who could be a huge addition to this roster. Well, he feel, he checks a couple boxes, right. in my opinion. Mm -hmm. He checks that veteran point guard, and he also checks that scoring. Mm -hmm. uh, and with his price tag, he would have to start. So that means that either Seth Curry or Danny Green, if Danny Green was to remain, would be one of the one of the players moved to the bench and the coming off the bench role. If you do that, you could kind of bring Seth off the bench, yeah. in my opinion, I because I think you could play Kyle and Ben Simmons together. Mm -hmm. Then you would have that scoring off coming off the bench with uh, Shake and Seth Curry. Because he gives you a little bit more as far as scoring yeah, than Danny Green does. No disrespect to Danny Green. He's a particular talent. He He's does what he shooting. does. Mm -hmm. But Seth Curry's a little bit more versatile. Yeah, but you can easily sub him in for wow. Danny Green, and you can move Ben Simmons around. Yeah. Uh, other names that have come up, DeLon Wright, George Hill, two more point guards that are legit point guards. You like George Hill? Yes, yeah. I definitely like George Hill. Zach Levine was also name mentioned. Ooh. Victor Oladipo and Austin Rivers, who can play the point guard position. So, <clears throat> there are some names um, that... The um, I think it's, com it's coming up real soon. Yeah, make the, move, there, are some, there are some names of some players that, that could be possibilities extra. adding in. Mm -hmm. Um... I have some other things here. Um, the Sixers actually, when Daryl Morey came in and he finally got rid of that contract of Al Horford, that ugly contract that Al Horford got, oh yeah, oh, gave us some capital, gave us some space where we could possibly do some things um, in the trade market as free agents in free agency or whatever. So some of the targets. And some of these names are probably going to be, they're going to be names that people are going to go, are going to go crazy for, going to get a hype for. Mm -hmm. But some of these names just may not happen. In right. um, yeah. tier one of the trade, the names are Bradley Bill, Zach Levine, and Kyle Lowry. Right. That's nice. yeah. But some of those will come with a hefty price tag. And I feel like a lot of the trade scenarios that people have been generating on social media are... Not what the Sixers are looking for. Like a lot of people are adding in Thibel and Tyrese Maxey, which I think from looking at the way they're being utilized right now on this team with this coaching staff, mm -hmm. that they would want to keep them because of the things that they do well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Bradley Beal would be good, but that's probably going to come with a heavy price tag being asked by Washington, considering they're at the bottom of the uh, conference. Zach, that's the uh, Kyle Lowry, I think, could be a good addition. A lot of people don't want it, Why? but I think it could be a good decision. Those are just people that don't really, truly understand basketball. True. Uh, other names that are in the mix, Evan Fournier. Mm -hmm. 
Not too sure about that. You know, um, he's Orlando, but it could possibly work as another scoring option off the bench. Terrence Ross, another Orlando Magic player who is a scoring, who could be a scoring option off the bench. Eric Gordon, who's still on a four-year, fifty-four point six million dollar guaranteed contract. So I don't know how that would work. Yeah. There's also Will Barton, um, of the Denver Nuggets. Who could be had possibly for a decent price? Yeah. Then again, we move to George Hill, mm-hmm. who could come in and play that point guard position. Can also score and can give you some stuff off the bench. Mm-hmm. The line right, who was steadily improving and is playing on a Denver Nuggets. I mean, a Detroit Pistons team that will likely not make the playoffs. Patty Mills, a name that has been surfacing for a couple of years now, who could be a good addition, a veteran. P.J. Tucker, not too sure about that. He's more defensive guy than anything else. Um, Sacramento Kings, Nemanja Belica, who could possibly be an addition. And, And so there are some ways that the Sixers could go. And again, it's just a matter of what they would be willing to part with in in a deal to make the salaries match. Um, There's also, and I mentioned this in one of the groups, and I had to stop because people went kind of crazy with it and really didn't understand my point behind it. Mm -hmm. But there's also talk that the Sixers could possibly need a stretch four, possibly stretch five to play. I brought up the name Ersan Ili- Ilyasova, who played for us previously under the Brett Brown regime, yeah. who's not in the league right now, who could do some of the things that the Sixers need right. off the bench. He's a big, he plays good enough defense, he takes charges, mm-hmm. he can stretch and shoot the three, mm-hmm. he can score, he's a hell of an offensive rebound. Um, I mentioned it in a group, and one of the guys in the group was telling me, well, no, nah, his legs are shot. He saw the videos and this, that, and the third, which basically proved to me that your understanding of basketball is not really all that great because, like I mentioned, he can do the things that the Sixers need him to do. If he was brought in, they wouldn't be asking him to come in and score 20 points a night. Some people fit schemes. That's all. He would be able to do what the Sixers need. Yeah. Come off the bench. Right. He could spell Joel a little bit. Uh-huh. He could sometimes play with Joel, right. and they could flip-flop. He could guard the five, and Joel could guard the four, four yeah. or however you want to do it. Person. But with him there, it kind of loosens up the means of a double team for Joel and B, right. which is what I was getting at. And like I said, he can shoot that spot up three. He can shoot the mid-range. Mm-hmm. And he can get to the rim. He can play defense, uh-huh. and he can back down and play some defense. Mm-hmm. Enough defense where he can take charges. And he's a hell of an offensive rebounder. So there are some things that he could do to help this team. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the guys who I think, along with I said Isaiah Thomas, being that point guard that can score, that could give you some scoring punch off, some more scoring punch off of the bench. So 
I'm definitely going to keep my ears to the street mm-hmm. and pay attention to what goes on and how this sure. plays out with the uh, Sixers and their particular Addition. trade aspirations mm-hmm. or additions or non-additions, if you will. Right. But I, I honestly have a gut feeling and, and think that they are going to make a move. But like I said, I think they have a solid plan in place on how they want to use a lot, utilize what's on the roster and what they would be willing to part with right. to bring someone in. So it's still yet to be seen um, what happens and how it plays out. So we'll see what happens. Like I said, it's going to be interesting right. to see what happens. So the Sixers have, like we said, released the second half of their season. The second half of the schedule has been released by the NBA. And some of the key games um, for the Sixers in this second half of the season, I don't have the entire second half schedule. I posted it on the group so you can go to the group and check it out. But April is going to be the toughest stretch for the Sixers remaining. Um, I'm going to run through these games. They have April the 6th, they're at Boston. Which is could be a tough game, but they already own the season series against Boston. They have New Orleans. They have OKC, which I believe is the second game. They argue they arguably is going to be a makeup game with OKC from the game that was postponed due to COVID issues. They play Dallas again at Dallas. They have Brooklyn one more time, which is a game that they will definitely need because that's a split now. Uh, Brooklyn beat us the first time. The Sixers beat them the second time. So that could give them the series against Brooklyn, which would be huge as far as the standings uh, in the East for that. Yeah. Uh, they was, uh, um, then they have the Clippers. They have the Warriors. They play Phoenix again. And then they've got Milwaukee in a back-to-back. So, again, like they say, April is arguably going to be the toughest stretch for the Sixers, but I think there are some games here that could be had. Uh, again, the most important game I'm looking at is that Brooklyn game on April the 14th, mm-hmm. where they could take the season series from Brooklyn, which would be huge, huge mm-hmm. as far as the standings. Um, they also play the Hawks again. They play Orlando. Hawks are tough. And after the All-Star break, they will have 17 home games and 19 road games. They'll have nine back-to-backs and three two-game series against Milwaukee, Atlanta, and Orlando. Teams that they can beat. Okay? But it's going to come down to the Sixers getting focused and not looking past some of these teams, i.e. the Atlanta Hawks, who also play the Sixers tough. The Orlando Magic, two teams that they should beat. But they always play them tough. But they have to take that as a game that they need or games that they need as far as jostling for position and putting them in position to be a top-tier team, if not the top team in the Eastern Conference, and stay there. So the Sixers currently rank 13th in offensive rating, 7th in defensive rating, and 8th in net rating. At plus 2.8. Okay. 
Um, they are 13 and 2 at home and 8 and 9 on the road. So those are good records. Um, so it shows that they take care of business at home. They have gotten better than previous seasons on the road. So that's a, a plus as well. But again, I do think that they need to make a move to get better, get more scoring off the bench. And I think it's going to happen. It's just a matter of what are they willing to part with. Again, like we say, what is that price tag going to be and what they look to bring in to help in that situation. Michelle, I'm gonna switch to the Lakers. She said, "Did Damian Jones play yet? I think he's a Damian Jones." Yeah. Who, who's who's Damian Jones? He said, "Who's Damian Jones?" He said, "I think he's a center or a guard or something." No. no. He's probably buried deep on the bench. <laughs> you heard that, Michelle? Yeah. Nope. He's probably buried buried deep on the bench. Right. Uh, Cuzzo, thanks for coming in. He chimes in. He says, "Move Danny Green." I, I kind of see that. Thanks, Leslie Cuff, for tuning in as well. Juice man, cousin, I, I hear you in saying moving Danny Green. It's an expiring contract, but for what he does and the way that the league has changed as far as with the three point shot, right? In a small way, with what the Sixers are doing, what he has done for them right now as a veteran, right? You, you kind of may have to figure out a way to hold on to him and just let that contract expire at the end of the season after you see. What you com- what you accomplish for the remainder of the season? Right. Uh, I'm not saying that he should not be moved, but I'm saying that it has to be a very thought out process, and you may have to kind of think about keeping him around just for the remainder of the season, it, at worst. Right. In um, that right, I think the Sixers are going to be fine. Uh, like I mentioned, people were talking about Seth Curry the other night against Cleveland. Eh, he had a bad night. You know, he, he had a bad night. Uh, people forget that he is the leading percentage three-point shooter in the league right now. He just had a bad night. He had a bad night. Um, and in a small way, with him being injured, not injured, but him being out for COVID, that time frame that he was out, He's still learning uh, some of the nuances of his coach and his teammates and things of that nature, too. So I think it's going to get better. Um, I think once we reach the All-Star break, these guys have a chance to re replenish, um, you know, decompress a little bit, and then, excuse me, get back into the season and pull in and go into the home stretch. I think things will get better, but it's going to take some time, folks. Like It's amazing what half of a season has done under a new coach, under a new coaching staff and with the roster changes that they made um, in the offseason. So it's amazing that they're the number one team almost. But you have a legit MVP candidate, in my eyes, the leading MVP candidate in Joel Embiid. You have arguably the best defensive player in the league in Ben Simmons. And don't get me wrong, JoJo plays defense as well. So it's not like he's a one-trick pony. 
Oh, and is. and he he's very good from the free throw line. Yeah. I think he's the leader in free throw attempts 80%. per game. Yeah. So you have some stuff there. It's just a matter of now you may have to tweak some of that bench and get some other things around it that will help out um, in a little bit right. different ways, little better ways than what you already have. Right. Now, with that being said, you've got 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. This is partially going to be moving into some Lakers conversation, but <laughs> there is an ongoing trek or a beginning trek of one Kyrie Irving and he has Kobe Bryant's widow um, support as well in trying to push the issue to have the NBA change the logo from Jerry West to Kobe Bryant. Now, I don't know how far or how much the NBA is actually going to listen to that but the push to make Kobe Bryant the logo is going to be tough it's going to be tough Um, if you don't know the logo is Jerry West Mm -hmm. a former Laker Laker. (laughs) and this is one quote uh, from the writer of Jerry West's biography, he said, and I quote, the logo, this is not something he was at all seeking. It was Walter Kennedy's idea. Walter felt it was important to have a brand for the league. Jerry's proud to be the logo, but it's also embarrassing to him in equal measure. Now, for them to push to change the logo to Kobe Bryant, Right now is a little bit of a stretch. And this is no disrespect to Kobe Bryant, but I just feel like the NBA has had this logo of Jerry West for so long (laughs) that decades that they may not want to just up and change. Um, I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great conversation to be had. In the honor room, yeah. But again, I don't think that the NBA will completely go for it. Um, I think the NBA will kind of steer towards the status quo and not change the logo because it has been what it is for so long. Uh... It's really interesting that Kyrie Irving has brought this up. And, I mean, it's a, it's a great conversation to have. If and when they do get to the point where they have this conversation, I would love to be a fly on the wall in that room right. and just hear how that dialogue transpires. Mm-hmm. But... That is a tough fight for Vanessa and Kyrie. Um, It's just, again, you're going up against a major conglomerate who 
has had this logo for, like I just mentioned, decades, yeah. who will kind of, I feel like this article also said, swing to the status quo and not change. Kind of like that old cliche phrase, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Don't fix it. Mm. Um, because there would have to be a lot of issues behind it, a lot of legal matters and a lot of other stuff behind it yeah. for it to be changed. And I, I just don't know. know. You want to do it, Dave? I would. I'm, and I love Kobe. You know I'm a Lakers fan. I'm not 100% sure Leave it alone. If, alone if I would do it. Yeah. Uh, again, like I said, it is like definitely an honorable and great yeah. thought. Leave it alone. But again, this is something that all the guys that are in the NBA right now have known pretty much all their lives. All the fans, most of the fans have known pretty much all their lives and watching basketball. (laughs) And for it to be changed, again, would take a a tremendous amount of work. And considering with the pandemic, the shortened season this season, Mm -hmm. the uncertainty of bringing fans back to the stadiums and everything else. It's too much going on right now. It's a lot going on. And something like that would definitely have to be, I feel, talked about during the offseason when there's not an actual season Mm -hmm. going on. But again, it would definitely be an honor, but it would also be a court issue in having that logo changed. Mm, that's crazy. So, you know, I will definitely keep, posted, keep watch on that situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I get information, as I always do, I bring it to you either live here on air or via social media. Yeah. So we'll see how it plays out. Because, like I said, right now it's in the very, very early stages where it's not even a legit plan. It's just... Um, an idea yeah. that Kyrie Irving has. And, you know, like I said, it, it would just definitely take a lot to have that done. But it would definitely be very honorable oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. because of what Kobe has done for the league yeah. and how he mm-hmm. represented for the WNBA as well. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we'll definitely see how that plays out. Uh-huh. So, in closing, we've got... Frank here, who's a Lakers fan, and he has a listener that's tuned in, and she's referring to the Lakers, and again, I I don't really follow the Lakers um, (laughs) that much, Um, but I mean, I partly have to because of what I do here. Uh, If AD cannot stay healthy... Not much is going to happen. No. I'm a diehard fan. Um, Being real. Keep it real. Keep 100. I don't know how it's going to play out. Uh, They made some additions. They got Montreal Sorrell. They got Dennis Schroeder. Schroeder back. He's playing good ball. But without AD in the West, it's it's going to be very, very tough. No jelly. It's going to be very, very tough. That West is tough. Uh, 
the Lakers, I think, are second. Yes. In the in the West right now. But the worst would be third if he's not back. He'll uh, be back like a month. They're lying. It might be too much. Listen, that uh-huh. injury that he has. Like KD, he's like KD. Because of the second half of the season, which mm-hmm. is probably going to be a little bit more condensed, mm-hmm. to get the playoffs, get through the playoffs, right. so they can get into prep- preparing for the next season. Yeah. It's a possibility that that injury could come up again somewhere in the second half of the season, or the playoffs, or during the playoffs. Yeah, right. I'm sorry to so she said four to six weeks. They say four to six weeks. What they give to them, what they give to the public. Yeah. Usually means six to eight weeks. Yeah, maybe longer. Or four to eight weeks. Yes. Um, So you're looking at two months. If we go what what it really should be, eight weeks, that's two months. What the playoffs start, Which would be March and April. So the playoffs, I think, are going to start sometime in May. So he's out two months. Then you got to work him back in. Yeah. And then you have in the back of your mind that this injury could resurface yeah. somewhere late in the season into the playoffs. Yeah, that's scary to say. It's the truth. Um, so it, it's tough, you know, to say. Utah, and Phoenix, you know, you've got teams that are getting better. Uh, you never know with the Clippers. Like I said, they're kind of having the reverse aspect of what happened last year right where it kind of fell apart a little bit towards the end right. but right now it's kind of like eh, it's okay but not really sure how it's going to play out Portland, I'm so you've got some teams in the west that could make some noise um later on in the season she said we just traded and got someone from the suns yeah, I didn't see that yet. You didn't see that yet. But it's Who it's not it? anybody significant yeah, if it was somebody from the Suns. What's the name, though, Michelle? Yeah, it's not anybody Pardon. significant yeah. from the Suns because yeah. the Suns are beginning to play well. Right. And Give me a name, Michelle. It's not somebody significant. Uh-huh. I know they just released, uh, last week, they released Quinn Cook, yeah. who was hardly playing anyway. Right. But... It's not anybody significant. I'm like pretty Tucker, sure. Like yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not anybody significant. Damian Jones. That they got. Yeah, Jones. That's, That's what they got, Damian yeah. Jones. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, he was buried on the bench. So, <laughs> he was on the bench. I mean, if he was on the bench and not playing a lot for the Suns, right. it's kind of a no-brainer that he's not going to come in and immediately have an impact right. on a Lakers squad considering where they are right now. Yeah. So that was maybe just a trade just to fill that spot right, or a pickup just yeah. to fill that spot right. Damn, um, so they would have enough players or whatever. <laughs> so, She's a Dara fan. you yeah. know, it, it's it's hard to say mm-hmm. right now, but... She texts me every night how they play day. You know, but it, it, it's, you know, I mean, I love your enthusiasm. Yeah. But again, like we all know, it is very hard hey, quick, to repeat... Really- I'm sorry. Before we get off the show, I'm off the air. If they don't make it, who you and y'all who think it's going to represent the West in the finals? I'm looking at Utah or Portland. Right. Yeah, I'm like I said, Portland. I know Phoenix right. is beginning to play better. Right. But I think once it gets down the stretch, even with Chris Paul, Utah. it's not enough experience yeah. on that roster to push them through. Let's get in Portland. You say Utah. Utah or Portland would be my issues. Um, again, mm. 
the Clippers, you just don't know. Yeah, I don't trust them. There's something wrong with You that. just don't know with the Clippers right now. So, again, on that side, yeah. Utah and Portland are the teams that I would be looking over my shoulder at. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Utah's a complete team. Uh, they're healthy. No, that's so, you know, it, it's going to be tough. And like we said, you know, right. with L.A. and what their situation is, you never know back, with that we, injury. We, we're going, we're going, we're going. And, and that's an Achilles injury. Yeah. So, to major injury, especially for a big, someone his size. Hurt too, they, and they I said hurt. that when they, I said that when they were pursuing him, when they yeah. traded for him, yeah, that hurt. it depends on how he, how much his health plays yeah, a part a in the situation. Part. He's a monster. So, yeah. that being said, we're going to give you your, your schedules for Tonight. tonight's games. Yes, sir. NBA. You've got the Mavs at the Magic. Got my pool. The Sixers are in action again tonight at, uh, at home against the Pacers. The Jazz are and against the Pelicans, the Nets and the Spurs, uh-huh. the Nuggets and the Bulls, yeah. the Cavs and the Rockets, and the Hornets are facing off against the Blazers. Yeah, For my NHL fans, mm-hmm. the Stars are at the Lightning, yeah. the Hurricanes are at the Panthers, the Flames and the Senators, mm-hmm. Vancouver Canucks are at the Jets, uh-huh. the Maple Leafs and the Oilers see action. The Memphis, the the Minnesota Wild, and the Golden Knights, yeah, Golden the Blues and the Ducks, mm-hmm. the Avalanche and the Sharks, mm-hmm. and in NCAA basketball, mm-hmm. which I'm going to have to hold off till next week um, because we've run out of time. We're going to talk about that tournament and how crazy okay. things are. Where you have teams that usually are mainstays in the tournament that are either on the bubble or mm-hmm. not going to make it. We'll but we'll definitely week. talk about that next mm-hmm. week. I will save that for next week. Right. You've got Miami going up against number 15, uh, Virginia. UNC uh, against Syracuse. And number seven, Oklahoma is facing off against Oklahoma State. Again, for my baseball fans, you got spring training baseball, baseball at back. 1 o'clock of mm-hmm. uh, Phillies. I think they're against the Baltimore Orioles. And with that being said, this concludes another episode of the Sports Rap Podcast. I thank everyone that tuned in. Yes, thanks, thanks to Michelle. my cousin, Darren Juice Man DeWalt, for tuning in and chiming in. Michelle. Thanks to Leslie Cuff for tuning in and chiming in. Thanks to Foster Robinson, who I uh, know as Suge, for tuning in in the first half of the show. And everybody else that tuned in that just didn't chime in or whatever, I know you're listening. I know you're tuned in. You know where to find me Mm -hmm. at SportsRap underscore D on Instagram and Twitter. You can get me in the group on Facebook, the SportsRap Podcast. Mm -hmm. The webpage, which I have to do some work on, SportsRapRadio.com. And you can get the audio of the podcast on iHeartRadio, Anchor, Google, and mostly where you get your podcast feeds. That being said, Frank? Uh, you can hit me up on Facebook, as usual. Uh, um, IG2418. And for our other partner, Ball75. That's right. At Ball75. Like Ball 75. On Instagram. And yeah. Ball Aaron Baldimore yes, on sir. Facebook. Thanks, so you can send him stuff as well. He'll be forwarded it to us if yes, you sir. cannot get any of us or if you forget what our handles are. Thank you for tuning in. And don't forget, when you look in the bio, mm-hmm. in the group, and on my Instagram, at SportsRap underscore D, there is the link where you can tune in. You can also get us the station on TuneIn. And we urge you to listen after this show is going on. We have so much good music, so many good mixes that you can listen to that will carry you throughout your day. You also have other shows 
that will enlighten you on current events and everything else going on in the world and in society and locally and nationally today. Right. So, thanks for tuning in, folks. You have tuned in to the Sports Red Podcast. We'll see you next week, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. next Monday. And you'll catch me all week on social media. Right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Enjoy your Monday. Be great on purpose. purpose. <laughs> Close to 50 degrees today, a little cloudy, but I feel the weather changing. We're going to be in the high, mid-40s, right. low 50s for the rest of the week. We got one chilly day coming up, right. but keep your eyes to the prize. The weather is going to be changing soon, and hopefully we'll begin to get through this pandemic even more, and we can begin to get outside. Just breaking news, J.J. Watt is signing a two-year, $13 million deal with the Arizona Cardinals. So kudos to him, kudos to the Cardinals for improving that defense. Mm -hmm. Thanks for tuning in, folks. We'll see you next week and all week on social media. Holla at your boy.